You have reached Road Talk, Navigating Your Journey, a ministry and podcast of the Discover Young Adults Ministry at the Preston Crest Church of Christ in Dallas, Texas. We meet at 945 on Sunday mornings, and we have small groups all throughout the week. We are located at Preston Road and Highway 635 in North Dallas. My name is Jacob Hawk. I'm the Young Adults Minister and the host of this podcast. It doesn't matter if you are single, dating, if you want to be dating, if you're married, if you want to be married, or if you're divorced, or if you're trying to figure out at what stage of life you are passing through. At the Discover Young Adults Ministry, we want to help you discover life, discover love, and discover the Lord. If I can help you or serve you in any way, or if I can pray for you, please email me at jacob at pressandcrest.org. Well, we are glad that you are with us today for this new episode and this new series on this podcast, Road Talk, Navigating Your Journey. Hopefully you're having a great week and you are enjoying these uh, cool fall or temperatures that have fallen into the area, at least here uh, in the Dallas area, wherever you may be listening. Hopefully you are enjoying the changing of the seasons as well. For the past several weeks, I've been doing just some individual lessons, talking about some different issues, different ideas that uh, I think we all struggle with as Christians, things that we face on a daily basis. But it is time to begin a new series of podcasts, and we are going to start that series uh, today with a series on prayer. Currently, as we are recording this episode, it is uh, Wednesday, October the 7th, and tonight is going to be the debate of vice presidents and vice presidential candidates, and uh, maybe you saw the first presidential debate uh, last week, at least last week when we are recording this episode, and you know, as well as I know, regardless of which network you listen to, or even if you don't follow the news, just hearing other people talk about it, uh, there is so much stress and so much division, so much anger between people. Uh, People continue to be concerned about the coronavirus. It's just 2020 has been a year for the history books in good ways and in many, many bad ways as well. And as we are living through these difficult times causing anxiousness and worry and stress and heartache and riots and and you, you pick the problem, we can never be people who pray too much. And we can never be people who have learned everything there is to know about prayer. And so for the next five weeks, or at least five episodes, we are going to talk about prayer and how and how to have a really healthy, active prayer life as a follower of Jesus and as a child of God. Today, I've asked a good friend of mine, Troy Rogers, who preaches for the Northwest Congregation in Lawton, Oklahoma, to join us. And uh, this first episode today is going to be, what's, what is so difficult about prayer? Uh, Because prayer is something that we struggle to get right. Even Jesus' own disciples struggled to get it right. That's why they asked him on one occasion, Lord, teach us how to pray, because they wanted to know how to do it better. They wanted to know how to be more effective. And I think people still today ask that same question and want that same advice. Teach us, teach us how to pray. Before we get into that topic, though, I want to introduce Troy and 
let him introduce himself to you as well. So, Troy, we are glad that you're with us today. Well, thank you, Jacob. I'm, I'm glad to be with you. Um, before I say anything about myself, because I'm not too interesting, I, I wanted to tell you a, a true story. Um, I've been listening to your podcast as well as several others uh, within the church. I have a couple of mornings every week that I spend an hour or two uh, listening to podcasts. And I was listening uh, just this last week and I thought to myself, how appreciative I am of all of the great resources that are out there, including this podcast. And I also had the thought, I'm just glad that I'm not ever asked to be on these podcasts uh, because I, I like to just listen to them. And then it was just a couple of days after that, that you had uh, reached out to me with this request. So uh, you ruined that for me, uh, but, but I appreciate the invitation anyways. Well, thank you for your kind words. I'm glad that this podcast is getting out there and, uh, I know you're going to do a great job today. Uh, Troy is an excellent preacher, a wonderful student of the Word, and he's just a really, really neat guy. So, Troy, tell us a little bit about yourself and about your family. So, uh, my most important uh, credential, I guess, is who I'm married to. Um, I'm married to my better half, Megan. Uh, we have uh, been, been together uh, for what seems like uh, forever. Uh, we married right as we were uh, both leaving college um, in 2009 is when we uh, were married, uh, August 1st, and we have two children. We have a 10-year-old, uh, JC, our, our little girl, who is just a ball of energy. Um, she's just like her mother, and that's mm -hmm. a wonderful thing. And we have our nine-year-old boy, uh, Jagger, it was also just a ball of energy. So our house is always um, a, a happening place. Mm. <laughs> uh, I, I'm in currently in my 12th year of full-time ministry. Uh, I've served both as a pulpit minister and youth and family uh, minister. I've been here. Uh, our family's been here at Northwest uh, for eight years. As of this month, uh, October 1st, 2012, mm. is when we moved to Lawton. So we just celebrated our, our eighth anniversary here. Okay. Um, so that's a little bit about a little bit about me and background and ministry things like that. And you're also very involved in. I see your pictures on Facebook. At least training for a triathlon is that correct? Yes, uh, that is correct. Um, uh, a couple of years ago, I just kind of decided it was time to take health a little bit more seriously, and I was always a guy that I'm not going to run. Uh, I'm not going to do any of those. Uh, cardio exercises. I was more of a weightlifter growing up, um, but came to the realization that I probably should do some of those things. And so uh, me and a friend of mine uh, here, a member at Northwest, we began training for and competing in some triathlons. So I've done some smaller distance ones and um, Lord willing, uh, 31 days from today, um, I should be competing in the full distance Ironman in Florida. And so training is getting pretty intense about that. And I'm getting a little nervous, but excited at the same time. Wow. Wow. Well, that is cer certainly something I, I think we need to uh, pray about <laughs> after we finish this podcast. <laughs> well, you, on are correct. you are so, correct. Um, you know, pray for your event and safety and really just, you know, your mental health. Why in the world you would want to do this? But hey, <laughs> um, my hat's off to you. While you're in Florida doing triathlon, I'll be here in Dallas probably, I don't know, going to El Phoenix or something like that. But uh, I like it. you know that that's really cool. And I see your pictures 
riding your bike through the mountains there in Lawton. For those who are not familiar with Lawton, Oklahoma, uh, it's actually a pretty scenic place there in the Wichita Mountains. So, yes. Uh, good luck to you in that not endeavor. Okay, well, let's talk a little bit about about prayer. I asked you to come on uh, for the topic of what is so hard about prayer because I know that you take um, your prayer life very seriously. I've known that about you for a long time. But people who take their prayer life seriously also, I think, readily admit that it's not easy, kind of like the triathlon. It, it, it takes work. It takes practice to have a good, solid, healthy uh, prayer life. And so first question I had for you kind of told us a little bit about the triathlon. You started taking your health seriously a couple of years ago. When did you start taking prayer seriously? Yeah. Um, so I, I guess, I, I guess I could, I could answer that, uh, in, in a few different ways. I could tell you that it was maybe the first time I went hunting and I had to walk through the woods before the sun came up. Um, and I, and I was praying pretty fervently at that point. Uh-huh. Um, and then whenever I got married, uh, whenever I had children, mm. when I began preaching, um, you know, all those all those times when I'm I'm more aware of the fact that I need help in mm. in this life. Um, but in all seriousness, I, I don't know that my answer to that question would be much different um, that, than a lot of people. Um, for the for the most part, uh, I grew up in a very strong Christian household, and I thank God for that. And uh, so I grew up being taught to pray, uh, being asked to, to lead prayers at the family dinner table, uh, Bible classes, worship services, things like that. And, and I would say that most of my childhood growing up, with a few exceptions, um, I, I typically found that my prayers were pretty routine. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I, I don't think it was until I was out of my parents' house and in college and started facing some, some real adversity in in my life that it became apparent to me that I should probably uh, talk to God about more than just my food before I ate it. Mm. Um, That it was, it was around, uh, around that time that I think I I really grew um, in, in my conversations with God, both in, in my study of his word and also with my communication with him. And I think that probably grew out of, a better awareness uh, of how much I needed him. Right. Um, whereas before, yeah, I probably intellectually knew that, but I didn't really feel it mm-hmm. um, until I was a little bit older and out on my own. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, so you've learned lessons through time. And obviously I think what you're alluding to is that you've matured in your understanding of prayer, when you pray, why you pray, how you pray, things of that nature. Um, looking back now, years after the fact of when you started taking it fairly seriously, what have you found that you struggle with the most when it comes to prayer? Well, um, as far as struggling in prayer, um, I think that the answer to that question probably changes depending on what's going on in my life, um, that I probably struggle with different different things related to prayer, mm-hmm. um, depending on what's currently happening this week or this year or sure. how my, how my walk with the Lord is in general, um, uh, things like that. But, but, but I think probably for me, um, there's, there's one or two things that, that I think I can always answer that this is, this is kind of a constant struggle. 
And, and the first one is, is aligning my priorities with God's in prayer. Um, it is, it's so easy, I think, for all of us, my, myself included, um, to just pray for what we want, um, to, to just pray for what we feel like would be best for us, uh, what we feel like would be best um, for our family, uh, just kind of looking inside of our own little circle uh, of life and just focusing on that and our prayers and praying for things that may or may not be in keeping uh, with the will of God. Um, you know, I'm, I'm reminded of what John writes in 1 John 5 and verse 14, where it talks about the confidence that we have uh, toward God, that if we ask anything according to his will, that he hears us. Right. And, and I sometimes forget that in prayer, that the things that are on my heart and what my will, what my desire is, may not be God's will. And that I'm, I might be praying, you know, for example, for someone who is who's physically sick and I want them to get better. And there's nothing wrong with that. I still do that. But we also understand that none of us are promised to live physically in this life forever. And so at some point, that prayer may not be in keeping with God's will. Mm-hmm. However, there, there are some things that we know um, that are in keeping with God's will. Um, things such as praying for those who are spiritually sick, um, those that are uh, in need of repentance, uh, praying for things that we know that is on the heart of God and is the will of God. And I think it's so easy for us to sometimes make prayer all about me. Um, And many people, myself included, can oftentimes get frustrated uh, because they want God to intervene or to fix a certain problem that they have in their life. And they want God to not just fix that problem, but maybe they want God to fix that problem in a very specific way. Right. And, and, and they leave no room in their prayer for God's will. Right. Uh, and so I, I would think that primarily uh, that's a struggle that, that I have because whenever I pray, I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about me hmm. and I need to pause and try to realign some of those priorities and the things that I pray for. And I would say maybe kind of part two of, of an answer to that is simply believing that he will answer prayer. Um, I've known many Christians, uh, and, and I've been guilty of it as well, who, who will pray for things. And it's almost as if we, we pray kind of as wishful thinking, um, but without any real uh, any real belief or conviction that God's going to hear us or that he's going to act on what we pray. Um, uh, I, I, for example, uh, for as long as I've been in ministry, I pray before I, before I preach Right. in the, in the song before the lesson. Um, I use that time to, to ask God to give me clarity of thought uh, whenever I'm speaking for him to uh, give me the right words to say uh, things like that. And, in no way do I believe that prayer uh, replaces, you know, our responsibility to prepare, to study, that prayer is a license for preachers to be lazy um, or anything along those lines. But but I, I do believe that if I ask God to give me clarity of thought while I'm preaching his word, that he's going to do that. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times uh, we get frustrated and we struggle in prayer because our prayer doesn't issue from faith. Um that we just pray 
not really assume, not really thinking that God's going to do anything about our prayer. And then when we don't see an answer to the prayer that we that we prayed, we get frustrated with that. Yeah. But, so I think for me personally, those those are probably the two things that I routinely struggle with and have to kind of check myself on: is am I praying for things that uh, might be, or maybe even that I know are not in keeping with His will? And do I, do I pray in faith, or am I just praying a, a wishful thought? Yeah, if that makes sense. It makes great sense, and um, you know, I I struggle with that same thing. Um, I'm actually preaching on James four this uh, Sunday at Pressing Crest, uh, and at the beginning of James four, James deals with that very thing. He uh, he talks about kind of what a failed prayer life looks like, and it's a direct correlation to being a, a friend of the world. Uh, right in James four, he he says, you know, your adulterous people, friendship with the world is hatred toward God. And at the beginning of the chapter, he kind of explains, if you are a friend of the world, these are some things that you will see take place in your life, and one of them is a failed prayer life. Mm-hmm. And he explains why. He says, when you ask, you do not receive, because you ask with the wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasure. And James mm-hmm. James kind of pulls back the curtain a little bit more than other biblical writers and helps us understand, okay. Not only are you uh, going to be kind of frustrated in prayer, but sh- but the ac- the actual answer is going to be no. God's mm-hmm. actually going to tell you no if all you're doing is just praying for what you can get out of it and what you can spend on your own pleasure. And right. uh, growing up, and even in the first few years of my ministry, I never could understand why it was such a big deal that in our prayers, even according to Scripture, that we we needed to pray, God, if it be your will. Because Mm -hmm. my mind always went to this place kind of from a theological perspective of, well, if God is an omnipotent God and everything's going to be done by His will anyway, nothing takes place (laughs) on earth or above earth or under the earth that is separate and apart from His will, if everything is already going to be done by His will, why do we have to pray, Lord, if it be your will? That seems kind of self-defeating. And then as I grew up and matured, I realized we pray, Lord, if it be your will, more for us Mm. than we do for God. God doesn't need us to tell Him, God, please act according to your will. He's going to do that anyway. Yeah, it's to remind us in prayer that we are asking God to intervene the way that God thinks He should. Right. Yeah. Excellent point. And um, yeah, it's so easy to turn prayer into a a genie in a bottle type of um, system, and that is so far from what from what God had in mind. Right. So when are some times in your life that you've prayed and then you've known after the fact without a shadow of a doubt that God intervened after the prayer? Hmm. So um, I, I think that that's, that's a really tough question. Um, I, as, as you know, I, I don't believe that we can always know, you know exactly what, what things specifically are God's divine intervention and, and what things are not. Um, but there, there have been a couple of occasions in my life that, that, that I believe firmly that I've witnessed a, a direct answer uh, to my prayer, that, that there are some things that I believe are just too coincidental uh, to be a coincidence. And, and so I've got a couple I, I guess I could share with you. Um, 
that, that I thought of whenever I first saw that question. And, and the first one kind of goes back to when, you know, I referenced earlier about when I began to really take prayer seriously, whenever I was in college and I began to um, uh, suffer some adversity and have some, some struggles in my life. And uh, this kind of goes back to one of those. And this is a true story. Uh, whenever I was a, a freshman at East Central University in Ada, and I was there uh, studying as a, as a counseling major. I knew I wanted to go into ministry eventually. And I was kind of following the, the advice of a, of a very dear uh, mentor uh, of mine who um, really inspired me to have a stronger faith. Um, he was one of my favorite preachers that I'd ever met. And I, I stayed in pretty well constant communication with him. Well, he was um, in his 30s, um, by all accounts, healthy, and kind of out of nowhere, um, had, uh, developed brain cancer and was taken from, from this earth. And when, when he passed, uh, I kind of felt as if my compass had been broken mm-hmm. uh, and kind of felt as if, all right, I, I had this plan in life and he was going to kind of guide me as I was trying to make my way into ministry. And now that's gone and I don't, I don't know what to do. Um, mm. And <clears throat> I remember distinctly, there was one night that um, my roommate in college, he was gone for the weekend and I, uh, uh, I stayed up all night long. Uh, the only time that I've ever done that um, all, all night long praying and not really knowing what to say, uh, setting in silence a lot with God, um, tears flowing and, just simply ask God to fill a void uh, that was in my life. Um, I didn't pray anything specific, but I asked that God fill a void that was in my life that he give me um, what he knew that I needed. Mm. Uh, and the very next day I met my wife. Mm. Um, and so l- looking back on that, you know, I, that sounds kind of, kind of sappy and Hollywood story, but the fact is, is that that's exactly how it happened. Um, and so whenever I think about um, a direct answer to my prayer, um, it'd be very hard pressed to convince me um, that that wasn't God answering my prayer. Sure. Sure. Uh, and as I look, especially since I, you know, I wasn't praying for anything specific, but I was asking that God fill the void that was in my life. And, and, I, and I think it's obvious that my wife has done that. Um, mm-hmm. I, I would say that uh, without going into too many details, uh, another instance is that before my family uh, made the move here to Lawton, uh, we, we were kind of in a rough place. Um my wife and I had a, had a conversation one night about our future and we both knew that there needed to be a change. Um, but we weren't sure exactly what that change was going to look like. Um, and it was an emotional time, uh, for us, for our family. Um, we, we spent several hours one evening, uh, crying together, uh, praying, and it was the next day uh, that I received an email from a contact asking if I would be interested in checking out this Northwest congregation here in Lot. Um, and just from, from day one, we felt like we fit, um, fit like a glove. We were welcomed here. Uh, such gracious people here in Northwest. They've certainly put up with a lot out of me uh, over the years, but kind of, you know, preachers, they kind of talk about this, uh, 
the, the, the honeymoon stage in their ministry, you know, been, been somewhere for a couple of months and everything is great. And then eventually that, that fades. Well, I mean, we, we've been here for, for eight years and I'm, I still feel like we're living in that time. Mm. And so looking at where we were prior to coming here versus the way that God has blessed us here at, at Northwest, I'm you know, very similarly with the prayer that led to my wife, I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that that was, that, that was God. Um, that was his intervention. Um, I, I probably have, have several others that may or may not be good to, to discuss publicly, but, <laughs> but I've noticed that I, I feel like I can, uh, quote unquote, see God uh, working solutions in my life personally uh, when I have been more aware of how dependent I am on him when I pray. Sure. Um, and I don't know if that is because my faith is more fully on him, as we discussed earlier in those moments. Therefore, my my, my prayers are more effective um, or if it's just in those moments that I'm more aware and looking for uh, what God is doing. But but either way, um, th- those are a couple of occasions that I'm, I'm firmly convinced uh, that God directly answered something that I prayed about. Well, I appreciate you being transparent and sharing that with us and. Uh, I would agree both of those instances are clear indications of God's faithfulness and providence and working in your life. And sometimes, you know, we realize it after the fact, months or even years after it's happened, we look back and we say, oh, there there was God, there was God, there was God. It's not mm-hmm. always instantaneous. Right. Um, but I like, I like what you talked about that night in your dorm room, um, which I think is really important for people to understand about prayer. Now, this is just Jacob talking. You know, the Bible doesn't say this word for word. But as I read the text and understand the concept of prayer, prayer is not always um, actual vocal, audible noise. Right. Um, I think part of sitting in silence and solitude is living what's called, you know, living a life of prayer. Um, Prayer doesn't always have to have words. It's just a time where you are meditating, whatever it may be, where you're just focused on thinking about God, spending time with God, asking God to listen to what's on your heart and what's in your mind. Um, yes. And those are some powerful, powerful moments that yeah. if, if we have eyes that are willing to see and hearts that are willing to acknowledge, we will see God working through that in one way right. or another. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think about, you know, what, what Paul writes there in, in Romans eight um, in dealing with, with the spirit mm-hmm. uh, and the spirit that, uh, that, that testifies, you know, that, that is kind of our, our inner intermediary, the mm-hmm. one that uh, makes intercession for us with, with groanings that are too deep for words when we don't know what to pray for as we ought. Yeah. And, and I definitely know that there's been several moments in my life that, that that's exactly where, where I've been that, right. I know I need to be in prayer, but I don't know what to say. Right. Um, and I think those are those are probably some of the most powerful moments of prayer um, that, that I've ever had. 100%. 100%. So what is your favorite time of day to pray? <clears throat> so I'm probably strange uh, in the way that I'm going to answer this. Um, I, I've heard a lot of people kind of address this uh, question or something similar about um, when to pray, when the best time is, how to, how to be consistent with it. And usually what, what I've heard is people talking about maybe setting a time, a certain time every day um, that they're going to pray. Uh, generally, I hear individuals talk about uh, praying first thing in the morning 
um, early morning to kind of set the stage for the rest of the day, um, things like that. And, and I'll, I'll confess, I don't know that I'm uh, as consistent as far as a, a certain time of the day. Maybe I should be. Um, and so I, I guess I'm a little bit different in that, but I, I don't have a favorite time of day. Um, I do have what I would say favorite moments and, and places to pray. Um, for, for example, I mentioned earlier about, you know, me training for this uh, triathlon. So as a result of that, um, I have a lot of real early morning bike rides that I have to go on or, or, or long runs and things like that. And as you mentioned, living here in Lawton, uh, right by the wildlife refuge there by the Wichita mountains, it's really a gorgeous place. And so I, I go out, uh, most mornings out on the refuge and I'm riding my bike or I'm going for a run or both. And when I'm, when I'm out there and I'm by myself and I just see this beautiful creation around me, uh, we've got the mountains, you've got lakes, you've got elk and buffalo and longhorns and all, all sorts of wildlife that's just, uh, running all over the place. Um, I, I find that to be a very powerful time of prayer. Um, that, that it's just me and God and creation. And I, I find that I'm able to, to focus and really be present, um, in my communication with God more so than what I am able to do, um, at, at my house or whenever I'm at my office with the phones ringing and things like that. And so, so I, I like, I like that. I, I, that's one of my favorite times to pray, um, and I also think another one uh, for me is on just about every Saturday evening, mm. um, I, I pray in our empty auditorium here at Northwest. Um, early on in my ministry, um, I don't know if you were the same way, um, I, I would have to practice my sermons, you know, before I would preach. I, 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 would, I would preach to the empty pews, um, so to speak, because I just felt as though I couldn't confidently preach if I hadn't kind of already gone through it. And, and, and through the years, I've kind of done less and less of that and more of just praying about Sunday prior to Sunday, um, praying for members that I know that are sick, uh, members that I know that are spiritually sick, but it's also a time that I, that I spend a lot of time in prayer for me as a preacher, um, that God will keep me faithful to him, uh, faithful to his word, uh, that he'll guide me whenever I preach. And it's times like that where I'm able to go to a place, whether it being, uh, outside experiencing God's creation or in an empty auditorium preparing for the Lord's day, so I, I have those those moments and places um, that are that are my favorite times to pray when I feel as though uh, God gets a hundred percent of uh, of my focus and that it's a it's a deeper communication yeah. that, that I have with Him than than at other times. Man, I'm glad to hear that your favorite time to pray is not the song before the lesson. So there are other yeah. times. <laughs> um, yeah. Back to your yes. Uh, I remember and miss it very much, but um, I never went to the building on Saturday nights, but I would get to the building super early on Sunday mornings and yes, would, <clears throat> would practice my sermon out loud and uh, to an empty auditorium and 
could visualize the faces of, of where people sat, you know, we're all creatures of habit. We park in the same parking places. We sit in the same pews. So you could see in your mind where people were going to be and you would know what was going on in the lives of all the members. And man, yeah, I miss that so much. And, um, those were, those were some of my favorite moments as well. And, uh, you know, I, I still spend a lot of time, uh, in morning prayer. Um, I remember kind of your deal of riding your bike through the refuge there in the Wichita mountains. When I lived down in Kerrville, Texas, down in the Texas hill country, we lived there for five years. I was given a free country club membership to a country club there in town for being a minister. And it yeah. lasted for six months. And after six months, I had the chance to renew it, you know, um, then it actually would cost something. And weird, I kind of stopped playing a lot of golf after those six months and didn't do <laughs> that membership. But I played a lot of golf in those six months and walking the golf course yeah. um, right before dark, uh, carrying my clubs, um, yeah. being around the deer on the golf course. I prayed a lot at that River sure. Country Club in Kerrville. And since I moved back to Dallas, um, you spend a lot of time in traffic in this Metroplex. Yeah. And I, I do a lot of praying when I'm sitting in my car in, in traffic. And I like what you said. You know, we have to find those times where we can give God 100%. Mm-hmm. When you lay your head down at night, to, right before you go to bed, um, very few people can give God 100%. They, they doze off in prayer. And I'm not saying not to pray in those times, but if that's the right. only time you pray, you're probably mm-hmm. not hitting on all eight cylinders. And so you need right. to find a time of day or an activity or a hobby, whether it be you're on the treadmill, working out, riding a bike, playing golf, sitting in traffic, doing something right. where you can spend some time uh, with God. So... Mm-hmm. Um, let, let me ask you a couple more questions and we'll, we'll finish for today. But if someone's listening to this and, you know, they're saying, yeah, I just, I really, really struggle with prayer. What encouragement mm-hmm. or advice do you think you could give them? So, uh, I, I guess, I guess in order to, to, to answer that question, I, I would think that, um, as far as somebody who's struggling in prayer and, and what to tell them, I, I think that really depends on what what they mean by what they mean by struggling. Um, I think generally, uh, when when somebody tells me uh, it's been my experience that they're struggling in their prayer life, is that usually uh, what it appears as though they have done is that they've they've sort of disconnected um, their mind from the process, mm-hmm. uh, meaning that that they've allowed their their prayer to become too routine. Um, and, and I think it's important that we understand that if if we can't engage our minds and our hearts in prayer, um, we're always going to struggle with prayer. Um, that that your prayer life will never be stronger than your love for God. Mm-hmm. Um, that when we struggle in prayer, we need to take uh, I think a longer look at God and, and remind ourselves of what He has done um, and why we would want to have a, a relationship with Him. Uh, that, that if we begin engaging God through prayer in our daily life, um, about our daily life, uh, then prayer seems to flow so much more naturally uh, as it would with, with a spouse or with a dear friend. Um, and that a big part of the struggles that most people have whenever I talk with them about what they mean uh, whenever they say they struggle with prayer 
is that they, they feel like there's, there's no connection, you know, between, between them and God. And, and most of the time, in fact, a hundred percent of the time, uh, that, that's because we're, we're viewing prayer as if it is something that's disconnected from our relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Um, as if it, it's just a, the right combination of words that we need to use. And, and so what, what I always encourage individuals to do, and when I say individuals, I'm referring to myself as well, whenever I find myself in those moments, is to, to pray, um, not just daily, but to pray about what is happening that day. Um, it, it's a way of breaking ourselves out of a, out of a rut, um, out of a routine. I'll, I'll kind of tell, tell a story on myself. Whenever I was in, in high school, pretty early on, uh, the congregation I grew up in, um, I, I was serving on the Lord's Supper table on, on Sundays. And of course, that was like the first thing that I did to help in, in worship. And I was always nervous just standing there before the congregation. And one of the elders had asked me if I would lead the prayer for the bread on the following Sunday. And I told him that I would. We had kind of a kind of an odd rotation. We'd have a man uh, lead the prayer for the bread and then a different man lead the prayer for the cup. And and so I, I had, I'd memorized, I'd rehearsed this prayer for the bread. And, and I get there that Sunday morning and the guy who was supposed to pray for the cup, he didn't show up. And so the elders asked me if I would lead both of those prayers. And so I did. But I said the exact same prayer for both occasions, uh-huh. for the bread and for the cup. And so um, I knew that there was something off about what I had done, but I really wasn't sure what to do about that. <laughs> and so, so I asked my dad uh, after services was over, I said, I said, how did I do? You know, as if it was, it was a performance of some kind. And I said, how did I do? And, and I'll never forget the question that he asked me. Um, he said, well, did you say a prayer? Or did you pray? And that question has kind of mm-hmm. always hung around in my mind. I think a lot of times whenever we struggle in prayer, it's because we're spending too too much of our time saying prayers and not enough time praying. Mm. Um, that, that we're saying the words that we think we're supposed to say, um, but we're not really opening our minds and our hearts up to God. And we're not talking about the thing that has happened just a, just an hour ago. Uh, we're not inviting him in and asking for his blessings for this meeting that we're going to have at two o'clock this afternoon. Um, that we just, we say the, the right church words, um, but we're not inviting God into what's happening here and now, being, being open and transparent with him um, as we would with an earthly father uh, or a dear friend. And so whenever I think about those who, who struggle with prayer, I think most often um, that, that's what it boils down to for me is when I get into the habit of, of saying prayers um, rather than praying. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, I've, I've always heard the statement, we need to be people who, uh, not, I'm sorry, we need to be people of prayer, not people who pray. And that made me think about your yeah, your statement yeah. from your dad, which is so profound. Did you say a prayer or did you pray? Mm-hmm. Um, this is not like a routine or a uh, just little habit that we go through. This is just this is who we are. We are people yeah. of prayer. Um, you know, you wouldn't ask your spouse after you hug them, "How did I do on that hug?" Like they would know. <laughs> <laughs> they, they would know is if it's real or not. And I think. Right. 
I think God right. can tell the difference. So those are some great words, some great advice. Um, I also loved what you said. You'll never outpray your love for God. So, yeah. um, you know, if your prayer life is struggling, it may be that your your relationship with God is struggling. Sure. Um, last question, then we'll we'll let you go. What do you think Jesus? I know this is a this is a pretty loaded question. We could talk for several hours about this, but just some high points. What do you think Jesus teaches us the most about prayer? That is a loaded question. Um, and so I, I thought a lot about this and, and I think probably his, his example in prayer is what usually speaks the loudest to us. Um, and that he, he did teach his disciples to pray, as you mentioned earlier. And, uh, but, but more than we see Jesus saying, okay, here's your three point sermon outline on prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, we just see Jesus pray. Um, that, that, that he prayed in Thanksgiving, um, that he prayed in mourning, um, that he prayed in, in lament over sins, over the pain that, that sin brings. He, he prayed for unity in John 17. He, he, he prayed often in solitude. Um, so what we look at with prayer in Jesus is that he modeled for us uh, what Paul would write to the Thessalonian church about praying without ceasing, that, that Jesus was always near prayer, uh, no matter what was happening in his life. Um, and so I think consistency and, again, that idea of, of inviting God into what's happening now, uh, whether it's joyful, whether it's sad, whether it's painful, whether it's angry, you know, whatever it is that we're feeling, that, that we make God a part of that with us. We see Jesus um, doing that. Um, one thing that I do think is fascinating about Jesus and prayer that, that I don't think often enough about is, you know, we think about Jesus's prayer in the garden of Gethsemane as Mark records for us in Mark 14 before his betrayal and his arrest and his ultimate crucifixion. And, And as he's praying that prayer and praying, you know, some words that you were referencing earlier about if your will be done, right? That, that if this if this cup can't pass from me, then then your will be done. And we see his humility in that, but but we also see how how Jesus addressed God in prayer, that that he addressed him as Abba, Father, um, and that that word as some of the listeners will probably be aware of that of Abba, Father, that it was it was more of an intimate term for a father, um, that that slaves it, during this day. Uh, they were not allowed uh, to use this term uh, to address uh, the head of the household. They didn't have that privilege because they didn't have that relationship. Um, and yet here we find Jesus able to use that term to address the God of heaven. Um, and what I think is fascinating about, about that, and the reason I bring that up, is because of something that Paul writes in Galatians chapter 4 and in verse 6, is this where Paul tells us that if we are in Christ, that God has sent the spirit of Christ into our hearts by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Mm-hmm. And what I think is so impactful about that is that just as intimately as Jesus could talk to God in the deepest, darkest, uh, most painful moment of his life, you and I can talk to God in that same way. Um, not because of us, but because of who's in us. And what we see from Jesus in prayer and what we learn the most from him about prayer, I would say, is his consistency, how, how devoted he was to it, and how intimate he was with God. That because he was a son, 
he had the right to address God in a way that nobody else did. And that those of us who are in Christ, um, that we, we have that same right. We have that same privilege. And so when we think about our prayer life and following the example of Jesus, mm-hmm. we've got to be consistent and we've got to be real in, in our prayer. And that kind of goes back to that idea of saying prayers versus praying. Um, we find Jesus not ever saying prayers, right. um, but, but opening up and, and, and drawing as close as he could to the Father in prayer. And, and I think that, that should be our goal anytime that we approach the throne of God it, is to know that because of who dwells in us, uh, that we can draw just as close to the Father in prayer as Jesus could in the garden. Very well said. Very well said. And yes, Jesus, as you, you pointed out, he prays all times of the day in all locations. Some prayers are short. Some prayers are long. But they're not rote. And they're deep from the heart right. because he knows who he's talking to. Right. Absolutely. Well, Troy, thank you for your time today. You gave us some great things to think about. We want to encourage you in uh, your ministry there in Lawton, and hopefully that you survived the triathlon and that you are here to uh, preach God's Word for many, many more years. I want to close today by reminding listeners, first of all, to uh, keep your eyes on heaven, and secondly, to remind you that along this journey of life, there will be road work along the way. But here at Road Talk, We want to help you get ready by navigating your journey. Have a great day. God bless. And we'll talk to you next time.